This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. We're here, buddy. Proud of you. All three years, me and you together, buddy. That's up. This chase isn't easy to make. I'm excited to get to Chicago and get back to racing. The Dale Jr. download starts now. There you go, Steve Letarte, uh, who's going to join us here on the podcast today. Crew chief for the 88, and Dale Earnhardt Jr., all three years they've been together, have made the chase with Mike Davis and Dustin Lee. I'm Taylor Zarzer. We will talk about Dale Earnhardt Jr. making the chase again for the third consecutive year in just a few minutes. He finished 13th at Richmond. I don't know that we need to talk too much about that. The whole idea there, Mike, was not having any problems, staying away from potential problems, and finishing the race, and now there's a different philosophy starting this week. I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, I would hope so. Yeah, there was only one moment that, you know, your heart rate kind of raised, and that was when Junior semi-reported an overheating issue, and you're like, oh, God, no, not now. You were scaring me on Twitter, by the way. Yeah, well, I was scared. Yeah. But it ended up being nothing. It was just on those restarts when he was in traffic, the temperature raised as he got out of traffic, and Latart called this. He says, just get out of the traffic there, and it it should go back down. And that was really it. It was kind of an uneventful, just, you know, a ho-hum type of race for the 88, but they did what they had to do to get in the chase, and that was important. So we will certainly talk a lot about Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s chances in these next ten races and being in the chase uh, once again with Steve Letarte. But let's talk about the uh, the elephant in the room. There was a scary part at the end of the race which really could have dramatically impacted Dale Earnhardt Jr. when the 15 spun right in front of him with just a few laps to go and after the race blamed Dale Jr. for the incident when it doesn't appear as if they ever made any contact. I think both of us have some big-time opinions on this. I know that Dale Jr. has an opinion on this. First, let's play it. Right, this is the radio transmission of the 15 team with eight laps to go right before Boyer spins out. 39 is going to win the race. Well, that kind of sucks. Nine more right here. And your arm's starting to hurt. I bet it's hot in there. It's just... Oh, yeah. Right with you, 88. Right with you. Right with you. Right with you. All right, and then you hear him uh, spinning out and brings out the caution. Jeff Gordon, at the moment, was in the top ten in points, raced his ass off mm-hmm. on uh, on Saturday night, had a lot of drama, had a lot of adversity to get himself back in position to make the chase. I don't care how you feel about the guy. Um, he did. He did race like a maniac uh, on Saturday night to try to get himself into the top ten. At the moment, he's in the top ten. Ryan Newman is going to win the race. He is going to make the chase. And he raced. He raced his like a man yeah. with a hatchet, okay. as you say. So <laughs> so you have the top ten qualifiers on points, which would have included Junior, obviously, and then Biffle, Kurt Busch, and Jeff Gordon are the final people that would have made it on points. And then you have the two wild cards at the moment, Mike, that would have been Casey Kane with his two wins mm-hmm. and Ryan Newman, okay, would have been the last qualifier by, Benny, by winning this race. Martin Truex Jr. and Joey Logano would have been out mm-hmm. at the moment, okay? Martin Truex Jr. is Clint Boyer's teammate. And you hear some very suspicious audio there uh, trying to bring out a caution flag in hopes that maybe Truex could have a chance 
of making the chase. So, and in the end, that's exactly what happens. The, uh, the positions are reshuffled. Ryan Newman comes out of the pits and is, is not in first place anymore. He was really angry with his crew after the race, but he does not win the race. Truex picks up a couple of spots. Gordon loses a couple of spots. And in the very end, Joey Logano gets into the top ten in points, and your two wild card finishers are Martin Truex Jr. and Casey Kane. All right, I want to explain all of that in case somebody's been trapped under a rock and missed all this. Mike, before we hear what Dale Earnhardt Jr. had to say about this, Clint Boyer did an interview on television after the race and said, I think we had a flat tire and the 88 got into us. Yeah. You know, when the, when the incident happened, my first, my first thought was, well, that's going to be a big deal this week, but it doesn't really have anything to do with us. We make the chase. That's all I really care about. And then he blamed Junior for the accident, and then it became our business. And so, fortunately for us, none of what he said in that interview, and especially the way he said it, was believable. In Not fact, any of it. It was quite laughable. Right. I literally laughed. at the. It was like, yeah. hey, uh, Clint, what happened in the incident? He's like, uh, like he didn't know yeah. it. He's like he had to be reminded about yeah, it. Like, there was an asteroid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. Oh yeah, that incident. It was yeah. like uh, this a flat maybe or yeah, yeah. Ju- junior wrecked me. That yeah, was yeah. Uh, no, no, it was a dog. A dog ran out. Right, right. Car. He was like, yeah. it was so funny the way yeah. he was saying it. It, it was, was like you were talking to a guy at the bar, the fat guy at the bar who says he can run a four five forty. Right. It's like okay. None of what you're saying is believable. He could have farted and belched at the same time, and it would not have felt out of place. <laughs> yeah, it was not any of it was believable. I showed it to my wife, and she said, that guy's the biggest liar I've ever seen. It was hilarious. It was, it was hilarious. Dale Jr., I could promise you, was laughing harder than anybody at it. Let's listen to the race chatter between Steve Letarte and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Watch this. Get down, hustle. Get up, get up, get up, get up. Looks like another... Look a little intentional to be there, bud. I don't know. Yeah. 39 had just become the leader. Seemed interesting. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So the 39 took the lead, which would give him two wins, and bumped Truex out of the out of the bonus spot. And then we had a yellow. Yeah. He was on the brakes in the middle of the corner trying to spin it out, trying to slow down. You know, he was, like, stopping trying to slow it down so he could spit it out without really getting in trouble. 10-4. He was acting very oddly in that whole corner. I'd say that. I mean, what else can you say? Uh, it should be noted that this is an expert talking about the incident. Yes, yes. If there's anybody that can speak to what it takes. You were there takes, to see it, right? Yeah. If there's anybody that can speak to what it takes to spin yourself out and cause a caution, I am proud to say Thunder that Valley. Ralph Dale Earnhardt Jr. is an expert at this, as we once learned. Uh, 2004. And we paid heavily for it. Yeah. So, and, and take us back to that situation real quick before I let loose on Clint Boyer and all of Michael Walter Pracing. Let, t- <laughs> tell me, in 2004, he's at the, the tail end of the lead lap. That's he's about right. to get lapped. Right. Okay. And he's in Bristol. And he, he intentionally spins out yeah. so that he can go back around and, and start at the tail end, right? And not, and not go a lap down. Not go, not go a lap down. We had had an incident happen, and, he, and, and uh, Tony Uri Jr. Yeah. gave the code, like, uh, how, how's that clutch? Yeah. How's yeah. that clutch uh, feel? Or yeah. something like that. And, that. and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Jr. does whip that thing around. <laughs> so, and then at, at that day, he denied it. He said, oh, I don't know what happened. We just had a problem there, a tire going down or something. He, he denied it, right? That day. 
No. But then uh, I thought a couple days later is when he admitted to it, and then he got docked 25 points. No, he admitted to it on the radio. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah. Oh, so they found evidence. Because, listen, this is the difference between uh, what you might have now and what you had then. Yeah. Junior had no qualms at he was a little proud of it, a little too yeah. proud of what he did. Yeah. And so Junior doesn't know how to tell a lie. Right. I, honest to God, yeah. the guy is so yeah. b- just brutally honest. Right. Is what, and that's why you have what you had in the post-race interview at Richmond. I mean, Junior's going to tell it like it is. He's not going to lie. But that also is his fault, too, because it, when he when he did that at Bristol, he was like, uh, yeah, I never caused a caution before. Hey, you know, oh, like gotcha. Okay. And, and it's like he, so well, he admitted it. The, cra- the, the funny <laughs> thing about Junior's television interview after this race in Richmond was, first of all, he, he looks like he, he's still living in Ireland or something uh, with, the, with the goatee and, and all that, the bushy goatee going. But he has the biggest bleep-eating grin on his face, and he says, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And you knew exactly that he knew what happened uh, after the race. Listen. Here's the way I feel about this. We'll get Ryan McGee on it in just a minute. That's right. Um, it's one thing to cause a caution because you're going a lap down in Bristol, okay? It's another thing to allow your teammate to go out and lead a lap, okay, or pass you on, out there on the grid when, the, when they're racing for a championship. That's one thing. When you intentionally spin out to cause a caution – to prevent someone else from winning the race, that to me is absolutely – that is uncalled for, and it's something that NASCAR has to deal with. It is, I, I think it's quite obvious to the entire free world. What do you do, though? What happened there? I think you suspend – I think you find the hell out of the 15 team is what I think, and you ruin their championship. And you may say, well, wait a minute, it wasn't Clint Boyer's decision. It was Brett Griffin, and it was Brian Patty, and it was Ty Norris, and it was Michael Waltrip and Rob Kaufman and whoever else that, that decided to do that. Well, you know what? Them the consequences. The, the guy that actually executed it should be, I think, should, should be, uh, he should lose some points. And I, I think that if you want to curb this, if you want to say, you know what, we can't do this because it will destroy our championship, well, you got to go ruin theirs. You can't go back, unfortunately, and say, Jeff Gordon, you're in. Ryan Newman, you're in. No, you can't do that. Because you you, Ryan Newman never, never took the checkered flag right, in right. first you place. You, you don't know that he was going to win the race. You, you can't do that. Um, and, and I don't think they would want that. They would tell you, you know what, we didn't deserve it. Mm. We're not going to use this as an excuse. We could have run better this entire season. What I think you can do is you can say, Clint Boyer, you're uh, – you're in a distant 12th going into the, the chase, I think, is what you could do. And that is the only way you could curb this sort of thing from happening again. That's my opinion. And I'm interested to hear what Ryan McGee has on it. I know that Nate Ryan wrote a tremendous story in USA Today uh, yesterday, and uh, you should read that, anybody that didn't read that, because it really throws out there the, the, the predicament that NASCAR has on its hands right now. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, this is something that's actually happened more than what we even realize, uh, you know, in, in the past year, uh, past two years. So there's, there's so much precedent. So, but never. I read, I read that, Mike, and, and you're right. There have been a lot of examples of that. But the, almost all of those examples are examples of somebody that's trying to impact their own position. Sure not trying to ruin someone else's. Right. When you ruin someone else's chances, that is completely ridiculous. It's one thing if you're trying to manufacture or manipulate your own finish. A la Dale Jr. back in, in Bristol. Right, right, right okay. Right. But when you, when you, you don't, I mean, you can speak to better than anybody. 
how many millions of dollars yeah. that cost the 39 team. Yeah. What the 15 team just did cost the 39 and the 24 team. Yeah. Cost Hendrick Motorsports. Their sponsor. Yep. Okay. Because ask Kyle Busch how much notoriety you get in the chase when you don't make it. Right. I mean, that is – you can't have – that can't happen. The sport has to eliminate that. Um, there's a WWE sort of element to the sport if you allow that kind of crap to continue. Let's talk uh, more about this with Ryan McGee. Let, let's go speed dial. Speed dial. Ryan McGee is one of the most reputable people, I think, in sports media. He is a uh, senior writer for ESP in the magazine and does an excellent job for uh, sticking ball sports like uh, college football, but also does a whole lot of work for NASCAR. He has his very popular Marty and McGee podcast that comes out on Tuesdays. Love it. And yesterday we were at Bank of America Stadium hanging out, and McGee and I were both uh, had big-time opinions on what happened with this deal. McGee, uh, Mike, and I were just going through it. Give your opinion. Well, I mean, the opinion it kind of goes to what I heard at the Bank of America Stadium yesterday. You know, my other beats football, and you know what I was flooded with on Sunday, whether it was digitally or whether it was in person. You know, at the Seahawks Panthers game was nice sports you got there, man. And, and that's the part that's kind of the kick in the shins about the whole thing because you know we all as as race fans, because ultimately we're all race fans, and, and we work in the business or we cover the business or we just, you know, as kids we grew up going to racetracks. And, you know, the part we've always had to fight, the perception we've always had to fight from the snobby stick and ball people is, you know, the, the pro wrestling thing. You know, all that sport's just pro wrestling on wheels. Well, when something like this happens, and, and this is how small-minded it was, if what we are pretty sure went down, went down, is it just does irreparable damage to the sport. And it just it plays right into the hands of the people that want to run motorsports down as, you know, contrived and rigged and, you know, scripted and all that stuff. And when these things happen and there's no consequences, everybody just keeps going on and they get their points and they make the chase and they move on, then – you know, you're just kind of playing into the hands of those people that just that bother us so bad when they when they run the sport down because we just all this does is prove them right. Ryan, is there any chance at this point that Boyer is actually telling the truth and that, and that Michael Waltrip Racing actually did nothing to try to affect that race, or is there just too much evidence stacked against them? Well, I mean, as of Monday, early Monday when we're, when we're recording this, you know, all the evidence points in the direction of, yeah, that's how it went down. You know, until somebody can produce something that that disputes that, and, you know, that should be NASCAR. Or NASCAR should, you know, hand down penalties if they can't find, you know, if they if they can't figure out any way out of it, then they need to, to get us out of it, which is, which is with some pretty stiff fines and penalties. You know, to me, if they did what they did, and we're all pretty sure that they did, yep. You know, how about a fifty-point penalty? Mm. You know, I'm not. I don't, I'm not, I don't think we need to rearrange the, the the lineup of the chase because you know, ultimately, we can't predict what would have happened had the race stayed green. Ryan Newman could have blown up, and we've we've seen it before. But uh, okay, the guys that are in there, you know, you take fifty points away from Clint Boyer. Now, what you've done is number one, you've you've made there's been an action, you, you've reacted, and number two, you've made it impossible for him to win the championship. Yep, mm-hmm. because. Because let me tell you something. If you think that the storm is big now, yeah, you wait until 
you know, if one of those two MWR cars were to win the championship in November. I mean, it's like the Richter scale. You know, a a two isn't, isn't, you know, just one step above a one. It's ten times what a one was. Now we're just, this thing's just going to grow every single week. Yeah. If those guys are, are title contenders. And, and uh, Ryan, we're not defending what Dale Jr. did nine years ago in Bristol to bring out a caution or countless examples of somebody letting a teammate go by to get an extra point. But that's one thing. But when you manipulate the entire – when you ruin someone else's chance to make the championship, which – Yeah, their entire yeah. season and, and um, millions and millions of dollars to go into that organization, and when it's a – team organization-wide effort to manipulate the finish. When you hear the general manager of Michael Waltrip Racing telling Brian Vickers to pit under green with a few laps to go, when when you hear the, the spotter for the 15 or the crew chief for the 15, I mean, the whole, fran- the whole organization is in on it. And then you have Michael Waltrip, after it's over with, tell Martin Truex, man, you got some good teammates. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it is um, – it's an organization-wide issue here, and you're right. It makes the sport look bad, and I, it's interesting you said a 50-point reduction because I totally agree with that. I said that before you, you came on, that they've got to ruin Boyer's uh, championship here, and that way it'll never happen again. How, how much do you think this hurts Michael Waltrip's credibility at the moment and everyone that works for that organization? Well, I mean, we, we know those guys, and obviously a lot of those guys you know, have ties to, you know, the old DEI, the yeah. old Delano Incorporated. And so we know a lot of those guys. And I remember standing at Richmond in the garage one year ago and making a beeline for Michael and Ty Norris, who's, you know, what GM president over there, and shaking everybody's hand and going, boys, you're a long ways away from jet fuel in the fuel line, mm-hmm. rocket fuel in the fuel line, mm-hmm. to, to making the chase. Because you think those guys were bankrupt. Michael Waltrip was broke. That team was a joke. You know, they're blowing up. They can't make races. They got caught cheating first time out. And then they spent all those years rebuilding that image and remolding themselves and and bringing in investors and hiring the right people and getting good drivers and and getting good crew chiefs and building good cars and getting in with, with TRD. All that work they've done was really to get away from that initial image they had at Daytona that first year when they got busted in the first race they ever ran, really. And now you're undoing all that. And it's just, again, it's just it's, it's naive. It's naive to think that we're all going to buy in. It's naive to think that uh, you can do this and it doesn't have much larger implications than just you making a chase. You know, you got to think about. And I understand the heat of competition; you make decisions, but you, know, you got to think about what's going to be the long-term implications of this. And uh, and they have they have created a, a tidal wave here that will not stop crashing for a long time. Ryan, two questions: Do you think Truex had any idea? And if not, who do you feel worse for, Ryan Newman or Martin Truex Jr.? Well, I, I feel bad for Newman, obviously. But in a way, I feel worse for Martin because I feel like I got a pretty good handle on him. I'm not, I'm not really buddies with a lot of drivers, but I feel like I got a pretty good handle on, on Martin Truex Jr. And I, I don't think that his makeup is that of a person who would have signed off on that. Right. And, and, and it was pretty obvious during all the post-race that he was so excited. But then I know when Mar- our buddy Marty Smith kind of 
broached the subject with him, it was the first time, and he just started laughing hysterically. When when Marty said, hey, you know, Clint Boyer, uh, a lot of people were saying Clint Boyer, you know, did this and did that to get you in. What a great teammate. And, and Martin really just started laughing hysterically because it just was so far off the reservation of what his mind is capable of thinking of when it comes to racing. So, I, yeah. you know, I feel bad for Jeff Gordon. I feel bad for Ryan Newman. But I think in the end, the guy who looks the most foolish was the guy who was unwittingly put in that position, which is Martin Truex. Marty McGee podcast, I uh, know tomorrow there'll be a whole lot more on this. Uh, yes. Make sure you listen to that. And, uh, again, Ryan McGee does excellent work for ESPN, the magazine. We appreciate you, my friend. We need to do one of these things where the people swap jobs for the day. Yeah. We should swap, like, podcast jobs. Yeah, okay. We'll come do, do y'all's and y'all come do ours. Do you nice. think ESPN will notice? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, need, we need to sneak that in before they, they wake up one day and go, are we really letting these rednecks do this? And shut right. it down. Listen, we both have a Marty Smith uh, impersonation that we can do, but we got to work on our Ryan McGee. Yeah, we do. But I like but I like how they have their own Sadler segment where they in, Im, imitate Elliot Sadler. Yeah, Maybe we – yeah, that's, that's hey, right. I just recently found out that John Roberts of Speed Channel slash Fox Sports 1 apparently does a Ryan McGee impersonation. Really? To my knowledge, that's the first one that I know of, and I can't get him to do it. So if you guys are ever around him, uh, try to get him to do it. To, okay. to balance this all out, you do have a guy that looks just like you and Johnny Benson, so you that's do true. have that that's going true. for you. That is true. Yeah, Thank no, you, Ryan. That's a good point. Johnny, Johnny, yeah, Johnny Benson and I, we're never in the same place at the same time. <laughs> Appreciate you, buddy. All right, boys. It is Junior Nation's favorite snack, Dale Jr. Potato Chips. If you haven't had them, do yourself a favor. Go to DaleJrFoods.com and find out where you can buy them or place an order online. You will not regret it. That's Dale Jr. Potato Chips at DaleJrFoods.com. Speed Dial. He is the crew chief of the 88. He is Steve Letarte, third consecutive chase. Congratulations to you, man. I know that's a big deal. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Third with uh, with Dale and and man, I, I know it's hard to believe, Mike, but I haven't screwed one up yet. We're eight for eight as a crew chief, uh, three with Dale. So it's um, it was fun to make another chase. It's um, a lot of pressure off, and hopefully, uh, hopefully now we can go have some fun and race these final ten. Wait, 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 wait! You're saying you've made eight in a row? I've never missed one as a crew chief. You've never missed a chase as a crew chief? Five with Gordon, three with Junior. Dude. You got it. You got it. In 2005, we missed a chase as a company. Uh, With the 24, I became the crew chief for the last ten races of that year. And starting in 06, yeah, I'm eight for eight. You know, um, that's something to certainly be proud of. You've done an excellent job with this team, Steve. As you can imagine, a lot of fans of the 88 uh, are very happy to be in the chase but they want to win races. They desperately want to win races, and they want to know what it's going to take to win a championship. So tell them. Well, I think you do have to win races. I think if you think you're just going to be consistent for 10 weeks, that that you're going to be disappointed come Homestead. Um, I think that basically, you know, the points fund has got to the point where, you know, third to ninth isn't a real big difference. I think, you know, you want to win a championship. So to do that, you're looking at at least two or three wins. So I think um, you know, we've had good speed. We we just need to be more aggressive, not not start these races afraid to lose them. You know, you know, we, you got to finish 15th one time trying to win a race. They just need to remember that. You know, the same people that won to win races can't be mad when it doesn't go right because uh, that's the aggression and the confidence you're going to have to have to go out and beat these guys. Stevie, what do you do when you're switching from defense to offense, so to speak? I mean, you know, we, we, we've heard that terminology used to kind of compare, you know, between the conservative approach to the aggressive approach. But 
is it simply is it as simple as you know gambling on fuel or is there does it actually trickle over to the setup i mean what do you do well, it's a lot of things. The setup will tweak a little bit, but not a whole lot. Uh, I mean, the setups are so close between these cars now. Um, there's really not a big difference between car to car or 48 to 88 to any other car really in our stable or so much alike now that there's really not a lot you can change there. It's, it's more just the mindset of how you go about it, how aggressive you're going to be on restarts, how aggressive the spotter can be, how aggressive you can be on, on short pitting or fuel strategy or tire life or just a lot of opportunities like that arise through the course of a, ra- a race and you have to uh you have to just decide you if if before you weighed your pros and cons and they had to be equal to make a pit decision now you might be only have two or three pros against 10 cons and maybe you'll make that pit decision to try to see if one of those pros can turn into a victory 15 points back uh starting the chase with 10 races remaining steve latart joins us here on the dale jr download with mike um taylor now We've heard Dale Jr. say this often. You've said it as well, that all season you guys have had speed. You've had some trouble in certain places putting an entire race together. Is that something you're concerned about going into the chase? Or, you know, also, do you look at the fact that, man, we've had tires hit the front grill when we, you know, won the pole. We've had all kinds of crazy bad luck. Is there something you're concerned about, Steve, in terms of finishing these races going into the chase, or is it a complete reset? Well, I'm concerned about everything. I think that's my job. I don't sleep much at night. You know, uh, there's so much that goes into it. You have to have pit stops. Wheels have to be tight. Air has to be in the tires. The driver can't miss shifts. Uh, the engines have to live. The crew chief has to get the pit strategy right. I mean, to win one of these races is very difficult. Uh, a couple guys out there make it look easy, but it's it's difficult. It's very hard to do. Um, so, yeah, you have concern with all of that stuff. But, I mean, the simple fact is that, that we're in the chase. That was our goal at the beginning of the year. Our goal is also to win a race, so we need to go out and win. And I think that's what it's going to take to win a championship. So at this point, there's really, I think, in my opinion, less pressure for us to perform. Nobody's picking us to be the champion. Um, the 20s out there, the 48s out there with some bonus points. So um, we're just going to go out and be aggressive and try to control the strategy. You know, when we're in green flag pit stops, we might try to be the first car on pit road, try to be really aggressive, make the guys – that feel like they have an advantage, protect that advantage, and maybe we can get them on their heels a little bit and steal some points and maybe steal some trophies. So since you're getting aggressive, we can expect this week at Chicago for you to tape up the grill completely, right, on the, for the race. Uh, and well, I mean, if we did that, the, the one good thing is we'd beat traffic. <laughs> yeah, you, know? you would so, beat traffic. Uh, <laughs> we'd beat traffic. I mean, and that's just the thing, you know, is it's – you can't just throw, you know, there's a reason that you have a whole offensive plan if you play football. You know, Hail Marys, man, they gain you a lot of yards, but you throw a lot of interceptions. And somewhere in there, there has to be that mix. And I think that starting the year, we have to protect our chances of making the chase. And I think we did that. And I think, you know, Watkins Glen in Michigan proved that our strategy wasn't incorrect because if we would have thrown a few more Hail Marys through June and July when we were looking good, then it would have really been sad when we left Michigan that many points out. So I think we did what we had to do to make the chase. But now, you know, I think anything in the back half of the top ten of points is going to be a disappointing chase. So the only way we can run better than that, it's not going to be about consistency. You know, running better than that is going to have to be about consistency and wins. And we need to add that and win column to think we're going to be a real threat for the championship. Stevie, let me ask you about something from this past weekend. Now, I'm really concerned for you because Boyer said Dale Jr. got into him and caused that spin. So how difficult was it to repair all that damage that the 88 had on the right front <laughs> fender? Uh, you know, is that, does, that, does that affect using that car moving forward with all the damage sustained in that spin with seven laps to go? 
Yeah, no, it's um, <laughs> amazingly, I didn't see any damage, so I'm not sure. But, um, you know, it was definitely a – man, it was an exciting race. There was a whole bunch of stuff to talk about on, on Sunday and today. I'm reading all the different stuff. It was um, – there was definitely some excitement. I'm just proud of our group that we could – basically stay out of the excitement you know that's a testament to the first 25 weeks leading up to richmond everybody laughs but we learned the first year right mike you were there we learned the first year i think we had to finish like 18th uh-huh. and we crashed at like lap eight. Oh yeah and ran 22nd all night so you don't ever take anything for granted at richmond and that's you know that's a lesson that we learned for these final 10 they don't give points every lap they only give points for the last lap and i know that frustrates the fans but the simple fact is that that is fact, and it doesn't matter how many you lead or where you run; it only matters where you finish that last lap. Well, and and I remember that well uh, that night. Oh, yeah. And um, I've said this often on this podcast: you are extraordinary when it comes to crisis management, and and you were that night too. Uh, last thing here: there are five intermediate tracks, five uh, one point five mile uh, tracks in, uh, or one point yeah one point one and a half mile tracks in the chase and a couple of weeks ago in atlanta dale jr gave you the ultimate compliment saying man this car you just gave me gave me an unbelievable car tonight given the speed that you have seen with your team this year on those tracks how much confidence do you have going into these final 10 i mean a ton i mean we're going to chicago expecting to contend for the win that's why we're going um we're we feel good about chicago um, we we have to get better at New Hampshire. We tested there. We go to Dover. That place can always be finicky. You kind of got to survive through the first 300 there to be a, to have a chance in the last 100. Kansas is the repave. We expect to run great there. Charlotte's the one that we really have disappointment from earlier in the year. You know, we went to Charlotte. We broke a motor, but the, that was kind of like icing on the cake. Uh, you know, we already weren't competitive. We were running in the mid-teens. So Charlotte is the one that I think we have to run better at. We're going to text test this. Text. That's hard to say. It is hard to say. Test at Texas <laughs> and go. test at Homestead. Yeah. So we have a couple tests at the mile and a half throughout the year. And um, so we're ready. I mean, we are ready to go racing. This team has kind of had to be in a conserve mode for the last two or three weeks. And I think that's that has driven our patience about to the bitter end. So we're ready to go race for some wins. All right. There you go. Ten to go. He is uh, the crew chief for the 88. He is a uh, member of Red Sox Nation. Best record in baseball right Every now. Every time, you guys. Well, they have Every the best. Record. Really, we have, have the one best run from having a perfect day yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. One run. I know. A perfect day. The Pats won. The Red Sox lost. But when you when you win the series against the Yankees, it's yeah. I mean, it's fine. That's good enough. It's good enough for me to win my my uh, bet with a few of my buddies. So they all oh. owe me some embarrassing photos of them in some <laughs> Red Sox gear, which will make it happy for me. And then. Uh, then that, I mean, so it's been a good good weekend. One, th- take, one, three of four, man. I mean, there you go. Did, yeah, but then did you take that winning uh, attitude into your kickball game yesterday? Because I saw <laughs> photos of you on Twitter with your and you were you were sporting the socks right up to the knee, just like you do. Yeah, you didn't break tradition. But how did the game? No, go? I brought them all. I was actually proud. I have to give credit to my son. Actually, he um, heard about this thing that Jeff Gordon does. He 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 joined this uh, website it's called kickit.org people should go check it out and it's to benefit children's cancer and my son heard about it and they, they do a mother son kickball game at school and he told his mother we need to have a kickball game wow. so he through his mother organized it all and we raised $5000 and Jeff has agreed to match any money raised in September so he's going to match it with another five so we raised $10000 to try to help uh prevent and, and to get some medicine for childhood cancer so it was um 
It was a fun Sunday with a lot of good friends. A lot of great people contributed, come out and played, and uh, they can still donate. If anybody wants to go to kickit.org, I think our game is still up there. They can donate $10, $15, whatever they have. It's for a great, great foundation, a great cause, and it was a lot of fun. That's really cool. And, that is uh, awesome. Follow him on Twitter as well. Steve Letard is his handle. Go to his website, buy a koozie. SteveLetart.com is website. Thank you, Stevie. All right, guys. Thank you. It is Junior Nation's favorite snack, Dale Junior Potato Chips. If you haven't had them, do yourself a favor. Go to DaleJuniorFoods.com and find out where you can buy them or place an order online. You will not regret it. That's Dale Junior Potato Chips at DaleJuniorFoods.com. I wonder if anyone had anything to say about this race on Reaction Theater. The most calls we've ever received in Reaction Theater and also the most that didn't have anything to do with Dale Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me the 15 car will be discussed. Let's hear him. First of all, Clint Boyer, you're a liar. You know it. And second of all, Carl, you know you shouldn't have won the race because you actually jumped the restart. I'm not a Jimmy fan, but hey, Jimmy, you had the same thing happen to you, and it cost you a win, didn't it? Yeah, and, and Edwards did too in, in Richmond earlier uh, this year. And um, what I found was interesting is while hell is starting to break loose about the Boyer situation, Dale Jarrett, real opinionated on this on television, saying that that shouldn't happen. He he should have had to go back. You know, and, and, talking about Carl Edwards? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he was pretty opinionated on that. Uh, I, I looked at it. I, d- I didn't see it being a blatant jump restart, but it's 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 a judgment call. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's the in- – it doesn't really matter, yeah, to be honest doesn't matter. with you. I wasn't really paying attention to the lead. Next. <laughs> that and Jimmy Johnson and his blown tire and that lion-ass Clint Boyer, they can both go to hell. Next time, either one of them is around Junior, I hope to hell he dumps them. I know he won't because Junior's got way more class than that. But I wish to hell he would. I'm glad he's in the chase. We better get a win in these last ten races. But that Jimmy Johnson and that Clint Boyer can both go to hell. Wait, wait, why are we blaming JJ? Jimmy, I don't know. Why, why are we blaming? What did JJ do wrong? I, I Jay, honestly, he's been junked for four weeks. I know. What, what, what did he do wrong? I, did he, he caused a caution that I think? Uh, but did, it's not like he. It's not like he boyered it. I mean, he, right. it was like he didn't yeah. mean for the caution yeah, to no, come out. Yeah. Oh, and uh, by the way, Jimmy, uh, congrats on the birth of your new baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poor guy. Can't catch a break here. I know. Next. <laughs> next. What's up, fellas? Just celebrating 88, making the chase. I'll be glad to have PJ back next week. Oh, and Clint Boyer can go f*** himself for even suggesting Junior had anything to do with this fake guest spin there at the end. Uh, 88's looking strong with these chase races we got coming up. Looking forward to the rest of the season. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Next. Clint Boyer. That's some sorry ass. Next. I figured about waiting until the morning after the call that I would be a little less pissed off about the situation that happened in last night's race. But nope, I was wrong. Michael Walsh and his piece of cheap ass team are sorry as hell, using total unethical methods to manipulate the chase to their advantage. them. You know, I know that some people are going to say, yeah, but this has been going on forever. Every team has done it, or this team did that, this team did this. Well, you know what? We need to stop it, and it needs to start now. I mean, I, I thought what McGee said earlier about the 50-point reduction, uh, that that would nip it in the bud. I got one for you. Yeah. What if NASCAR comes out, because they're probing right now, what if they come back and say, we find no wrongdoing? Yeah. <laughs> well, what if, they, what if they dock him 50 points, and then Walter comes out and says, this is ridiculous. We had nothing to do with this. You're crazy. Yeah, that's what I want to <laughs> see. Yeah.
next. After watching last night's race and then reading tweets and seeing commentary and everything about what Clint Boyer obviously did on purpose for his teammate, all I've got to say is by Clint doing that, he did it right in front of our guy, and if he would have taken our guy out, I would have went to Kansas myself to find him and beat the out of him. (laughs) Nice. All right. Yeah, Kansas Clint. Uh, He's real good buddies with Blake Shelton. Uh, and did you see Shelton tweeting right out? All right, that's a teammate right there. <laughs> I did. I saw Unbelievable. That. Next. Clint, please. Last time you ran good was down Pitt Road in Phoenix last year. <laughs> he did run good that day. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> and it carried yeah. into the garage. Yeah. yeah. Next. Hey, guys. I go out of six races a year. When I left Richmond last night, I felt cheated. NASCAR is more about gamesmanship and, and speed. I don't want to be a part of that. NASCAR will die the same slow and painful death that other series have had when it comes down to races like that. I hope NASCAR takes care of it, but I'm not holding my breath. Hell yeah. yeah. Let's give NASCAR a chance to respond. Let's yeah, see what they do. Yep. Wait, they might say something before this podcast is over. That's right. Next. What the f*** is this horse? You bring that pile of to the racetrack? How dare you even run that bad? If you can't win in the chase, what's the point of being there? Well, we've actually discussed this on Twitter a little bit yesterday. There is a point of being there. I, I know you guys don't want to hear it, but uh, in the big business of NASCAR, there is a significant difference. Marty Smith alluded to this. The swing, the financial swing between not making the chase and making the chase is very big, and you've got to make the chase. Yeah, You've got to make it. A distant third place is not making the chase. A distant second place is not being competitive in the chase. Obviously, the goal is to win races in the chase. To that guy's absolutely. point, absolutely. absolutely. But you, you have to make it. You have to make it. I agree with everything. All the way up to then what's the point of making the chase? A lot of people it. put no. more stock in the fact that single race wins before the chase mean more than making the chase. I've and been ed- I disagree wholeheartedly. I've been educated on that, and, and you do. You have to make the chase. But you gotta win races once you get to the chase. Next. Hey, this is Zach, and all I got to say is, woohoo! Get out those chase hats, cause Dale Jr.'s in. Let's go get that championship. Good attitude there. Yeah, somebody's happy. There you go. Good. Good. Yeah. Next. Yo, Mike. Good meeting you today, man. Thanks for giving us a shout out. We're at the Dale guys. We're on our way home from the Richmond race. Dale's in the chase. Go, Dale, go! You're gonna be a champion this year. Woohoo! All right. People starting to pump us up. I yeah. like this. I think they have me confused with Mike Hogue because I wasn't in Richmond. So the Dale guys, who I do know of the Dale guys, is a group of guys that are they, they paint themselves. And uh, we, we sure do love the Dale guys. But I think they've got – they didn't meet me. They met Mike Hogue, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Next. So our boy finally made it into the chase. And all I've got to ask is can we now officially put our big boy pants on, put our balls to the wall, and go win some f-ing races? That's all I ask for. Thank you. I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that's fair. It is. I respect that call. I do, I too. think that's fair. I love it. <laughs> Next. Hey, guys, this is Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you're excited about Dale Jr. making the chase, give me a Dale, yeah. Dale, yeah. Dale, yeah. <laughs> With that being said, I'm going to be drinking a hell of a lot of beer tonight. That being said, I'm just going to say this. Junior, good luck in the chase, buddy. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Dustin, why are you looking at me funny? He said, give me a Dale, yeah. I gave you a Dale, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, come on, man. It told me to give him a Dale, yeah. I mean, you got to do what Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve Austin says. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, said give me a Dale, yeah. I mean, come on, Dustin. Oh, well. Reaction Theater, play them 24. You can call 24-7. We won't play them 24-7. It's open 24-7. Somebody get, plays them You get to use a toll-free number like it's 1983, 1-855-740-1902, 1-855-740-1902. And call us from a payphone or anywhere. Leave us your voicemail message. We'll play the best each week right here on Dirty Mo Radio. And don't forget, there are four flavors of Dale Jr. potato chips, crispy original, zesty jalapeno, mm. Creole and green onion, mm. and Carolina barbecue. Go to Dale Jr. Foods. That's DaleJRFoods.com right now to get yours today. You want to throw the white flag? Let's throw it. Dale Jr. kicks off a long week of Chase Media obligations. He'll be in New York starting tomorrow and then proceed to Chicago for more promotional obligations. You can follow Mike Hogue, which is at MikeHogue88, that's H-O-A-G, on Twitter, and Laura Scott, which is at Hendrick88Team, for information on how and when you can see Jr. this week. Now, in case you didn't see this, Time Warner Cable announced that it will fill out the remaining 2013 races on Dale Jr.'s number 88 Chevrolet, and that started this past weekend at Richmond, as you might have seen. Time Warner Cable has also broadened its sponsorship of Casey Kane's number five Chevrolet. A special thanks to Jamie McMurray. Now, if you caught JRM360 on JRMRacing.com last Thursday, you learned that he was a kind of a late substitute for Casey Kane in the Junior Motorsports number five at Richmond. McMurray finished 10th in the Noxon Chevrolet. Regan Smith finished third in the number seven Hellman Centennial Chevrolet. So good job by those guys. Speaking of Junior Motorsports, Dale Jr. will be running in the Nationwide Series race at Chicagoland Speedway this weekend. In the number 88, Chevrolet. Great Clips is the sponsor. He joins Regan Smith and Brad Sweet for the good guys. The race is this Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Central on ESPN2. The first race of the 2013 Sprint Cup chase for the championship is this Sunday. Dale Jr. will be in the number 88, Time Warner Cable Chevrolet. That race starts at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central on ESPN. That's it. Check us out on iTunes, DaleJr.com. Rate us, review us, love us, keep us going. We certainly appreciate that. For Taylor Zarzer and Dustin Lee, our producer, I'm Mike Davis. Dale, yeah. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Have you tried the new Dale Jr. potato chips? Are you wondering where you can find them? Today's your lucky day. Go to DaleJrFoods.com to see where you can find the chips in your area or place an order online. You can have them shipped right to you. That's DaleJRFoods.com.